Hi, this is Scott Schultz, and I'm the host and producer of Busted Los Angeles. Busted Los Angeles is true stories about getting around L.A. told by people who don't drive. This is our very first podcast, but we've been doing live shows, true stories, all over the city for four years now. We've hosted over a thousand stories. We've done web shows and video with over 200 stories and archive that you can find at dronebox.com. And now, due to popular demand, we're launching into the podcasts. Strictly audio, strictly stories. Podcasts, I'm going to try to keep them in about a 30-minute length, about you know the length of a good commute. Uh, these are for the green commuters, the alternative mobility people, but you can listen to them in your car as well. You can even stay at home and listen to it on your couch if that's how you prefer to listen to your podcasts. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me today, and uh, we're going to get this bus on the road. So, welcome to Busted Los Angeles. Uh, this is true stories about getting around L.A., told by people who don't drive. Uh, my name's Scott Schultz, and I'm your host. It only makes sense that uh, I tell the first story on this show. Uh, so, I'm going to tell a story about uh, being a good bus ambassador. I think it's an important thing when you're uh, riding the bus in L.A., you represent the people of Los Angeles, and you represent the people on the bus as well. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, it's the first time they ever meet an American uh, or a Californian or a Los Angelino uh, who's not paid to listen to them and you know to do things for them. You know, you're just a real Californian, a real American, a real Los Angelino, and how you treat other people it reflects uh, you know on everybody in this city. So I think it's really important to be a good bus ambassador and a good train ambassador or just a good ambassador for Los Angeles. And I bring that up a lot in our live shows, even though not every story is, uh, you know, flowers and candy. Uh, we represent the good and the bad, uh, the beautiful and the ugly, the community and the uh, outcast. And this is a community story. Uh, this is uh, the good, the beautiful and the community. Uh, I was riding on the bus in July, about three or four years ago, I was on my way to see one of my favorite musicians, Nina Diaz. She's the lead singer of Girl in a Coma, one of my favorite bands. And this was going to be her first solo show in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I was very excited. She was going to be performing at the Levitt Pavilion uh, in Westlake. I hopped on the bus at Koreatown at Normandy and Wilshire on the 720. I was fortunate that uh, the ramp had to come down so uh, somebody who was uh, unable to walk up and down the steps could get off the bus, and as a result, I caught that bus. But before I was allowed on the bus, the bus driver uh, made me answer questions for a couple of Asian students who uh, just they were confused. They didn't know... Uh, if they were getting on the right bus, and the bus driver couldn't answer the questions herself because she had to focus on keeping the bus on the road. Uh, so she asked me to do it. I'm a good bus ambassador. I was glad to help. Uh, I looked at the phone quickly. Uh, it looked like they were going on the 720 heading east, which this was the correct bus. So I said, yes, this is the 720 bus. And, uh, and then I walked to the back feeling like I did my job. When I sat down in the middle, uh, in the elbow of the bus, elbow area, the two Asian girls uh, sat next to me as well. They just followed me back there. And I could see that they were a little bit confused still. Uh, they didn't want to ask me any more questions. 
But I could see them tooling around on their smartphone because they had a very large display screen. And I'm skilled at looking at other people's phones on the bus because sometimes I like to save my battery by looking at other people's stuff. And it's also a good way to find out, you know, what's trending with my fellow bus riders. So I looked over on their screen. I could see that they were heading for the bus stop that was at 7th and Central. 7th and Central is located in the... Uh, within the periphery of Skid Row, which is, if you're from L.A., you're familiar with it. If you're not from L.A., Skid Row is a section of the city that's zoned for homeless people uh, to allow them to sleep outdoors. And there's tens of thousands of people uh, that are in the unfortunate situation that they have to call Skid Row their home. Uh, It's not a place for tourists to be wandering around and uh, especially looking lost smallish. They're probably about five foot, five foot one, uh, carrying bags from Forever 21 or Bloomingdale's or wherever they'd been shopping. I can't remember, Sephora, one of those types of places, but looking clearly like a tourist with with items that could be stolen, sold, whatever. Uh, I felt like I hadn't done my proper job as a bus ambassador, but there wasn't much I could do because we had the language barrier. However, another woman sitting Next to me, across from those two students, volunteered to assist me. It turned out she was Korean, and uh, she spoke Korean still and asked if uh, I would like her to translate for me. And I said, yes, please do that. And I said, could you ask specifically where are they going? Because it looks like they're going to Skid Row. Find out if they're going to the Greyhound station or to a travel hostel or if they're trying to go somewhere else downtown. And she did. She asked the women, and it turned out they were on their way to the Greyhound station. And I said, I'm, I'm going past the Greyhound station. Let them know that I can escort them. It's not going out of my way at all. Uh, by this point, we were passing my destination because I was supposed to get off at Alvarado in Westlake because uh, that's where the Nina Diaz concert was going to be held. But I still had you know, a good hour's worth of time. And I kind of felt obligated to these two students to get them to the bus stop so that they could, you know, reconnect with their friends and not get mugged, you know, in Skid Row. Because uh, at this point, uh, this was when, uh, the, when the bus did not stop at the Greyhound station. Uh, so the nearest place it could stop was in Skid Row. And it was back in that day, it was a good two to three large confusing blocks um, so, uh, they agreed. They said, yeah, thank you. That's, that's great. Uh, we really appreciate that. Well, they didn't say that. They only spoke about three words of English, but, but their eyes said that. I think they said it in Korean, maybe, and maybe the woman next to me then translated it to me in English. Uh, but I was now helping them, uh, get to the Greyhound station. So during that little time on the, on the bus, I, I was making small talk with them, trying to figure out what their story was. And, you know, sometimes when when you are up close and riding a bus, even though you have language barriers, you can still find your way through it. I would talk like this very slow because I felt like that might work, which it doesn't really, but it gives them enough time at least to gather their thoughts. And sometimes that helps also when it comes to... uh, when it comes to figuring out a way to communicate. And even though speaking slower and louder is not, you know, going to replace Berlitz, 
when it comes to translation. I, I feel like it does have its benefits. And uh, I was able to figure out from a woman that spoke a few sentences uh, that, uh, that they were there uh, to uh, learn English. And they were college students. Uh, they were visiting from Seoul. And they were staying at the Banana Bungalow in Mission Beach in San Diego. Their friends had been separated uh, from them when they were downtown. And uh, the other girl was able to say, selfie? And so we took a few selfies on the ride. That was nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, but I told them I wanted to wait for my selfie until we got to the Greyhound station uh, because uh, I enjoy Greyhound stations because, you know, it's the big bus. And also, I wanted to make sure that they got to their destination before I, you know, took my happy shot. So we're riding through Skid Row now, and they realize, like, wow, this is kind of a sketchy area. Um, and they're very appreciative. And one of the women pulls out their bus ticket so I can get a look at it. And she points to the departure. And the bus is leaving in about 10 minutes. It's, it's a very short window of time. And we're still on the bus. And we still have to run about three blocks, large blocks, uh, and go into the Greyhound station, negotiate the line to get them on the bus. And I realize, oh, this is becoming a pressure situation now. So again, I say uh, in my slow, loud English, okay, girls, we will have to hurry. And I used a lot of uh, hand motions to show like very, very fast, short time, point to my wrist. I will get you there on time. It will be good. And I do the okay sign, you know, the circle with the three fingers. It will be okay, but we run very fast. A lot of mime. And uh, we get to the bus stop, and, uh, and the door opens, and I go, follow me, girls. And I do like a big wave around with my hand, and they follow me out, and we're walking triple time. Uh, we get to Central and 7th at the actual intersection, and one of the Skid Row... Uh, street teams, like one of the beautification crews or, you know, the security guard teams that ride around in, on bicycles and matching polo jerseys, uh, happen to ride by and I recognized him. So I said, Greyhound station. And he points uh, in the direction of the station. He goes one block east, one block uh, south. I go, follow me, girls. And we run and we get to the stoplight and it's got the orange hand going, you know, where it's like stop, stop, flash, flash. We have about 19 seconds to cross the street. And I was concerned because they're from Korea where they follow the laws and follow like the rules. But this is America. This is L.A. We have to catch that bus. Rules are for people who miss their buses. So I say, come on, girls, double time. And we run across the street and we get to the Greyhound station. And as we get in the parking lot, you can hear the final boarding call for the bus to San Diego. And I'm like, we did it. Come on, let's go inside, girls. And the one word girl all of a sudden shouts out, wait. And I'm like, what? Did you leave a bag on the bus? Because we're not getting it. And she says, selfie. And I was like, oh, that's right. I wanted to get a picture here uh, because they can understand slow and loud. Or at least they can understand slow and loud if it's the one word they already know. So I got the picture of the selfie uh, with the two girls in front of the Greyhound station. And they made it on the bus on time. We swapped information. We're Facebook friends today. Uh, and uh, I have that great photo that now is stuck on my homepage on Facebook because uh, for some reason that became one of my 
profile photos that they choose for you, and I don't know how to alter it, but I love seeing them. Uh, I, they're on my page right now, uh, and every time I see them, it reminds me of the cool people that you meet on the bus and reminds me of how important it is to be a, a good bus ambassador. Uh, and then I hopped on the bus and went back to the uh, Levitt Pavilion, and I got to see Nina Diaz, who's awesome. It was just a great day. And that's my story. So today I have a special guest. Uh, very excited. Uh, for the first Busted podcast, it was very easy for me to select my first guest. Uh, she's been on my show more times than any guest that I've had. Uh, she is the uh, she's the uh, curator of the uh, web page on Facebook called Tales from the Bus. Uh, she's a regular storyteller on our show. Uh, she's a translator who moved here from Russia. She speaks multiple languages, and she takes long bus and train rides every single day and is probably the most prolific writer when it comes to public transit stories. Please welcome Katya Duff. Hi, Scott. Thank you for such a nice introduction. Well, thank you for being here, Katya. Um, I really appreciate you coming out here on a weekend. How did you get here today? Did you walk or did you take a bus? Well, unfortunately, the bus didn't come, so I had to Uber it. <laughs> oh, you Ubered yeah. it? Yes, the bus didn't show up on time. I was afraid to be even more late than I was. I was five minutes late. Oh, I know, which yeah. I thought it might be because we were uh, in a different section of the UCB. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Katya um, is not far from here. Today we actually had Ciclavia, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that altered some of the yeah, travel I think a bit. So. Yes. Now, you uh, have your uh, your page on Facebook, Tales from the Bus, which I love. I've always I've been a big fan of it uh, from the beginning, or at least from when I first became aware of it, which wasn't too long. Uh, yeah, after uh, by it the started. time I met you, I was only running my blog for maybe a month. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I just I I just love the fact that there's so many anecdotes and uh, and just little moments. It just feels like you're like a a fly on the wall on the bus. And I was wondering, like, do you sit in the same spot every time? Do you have a preferred location on the bus for your stories? Uh, If the bus is not very full, I'm trying to be strategic about it. I sit somewhere in the middle and I try (laughs) to take a seat by the window and kind of turn my back to the window in case, you know, especially if it's late and any kind of risk or danger can come from the right or, to, or, sure. or the left. But mm, even during the day, uh, usually I sit in the middle of a bus, so if there is a potential story, I could look this way, I could look this way, yeah. I could hear. And, uh, yeah, and I don't really like the aisle um, because, you know, people walk by, people like hit you, people push you. Yeah. A lot of people don't remove their backpacks, then they turn around yep. and hit you right in the face. I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) Although I was guilty of that on the ride out here today. (laughs) So many bicycles on the, uh, on the train because of Ciclavia. Uh, so I couldn't take my backpack off. Now, were you always looking for stories when you were sitting on the bus or is this just something that happened over time where you have a quota you feel? Mm, that's an interesting question. <laughs> when you take public transit in Russia, nothing really happens because people are so like in themselves, you know, they cuz here people smile at each other and they try to start some conversation in Russia, people just try to get from point A to point B and they don't really communicate. Yeah. So for me taking a bus here for the first time in 2003 
me was quite a revelation that people actually look at each other, smile and talk and discuss stuff. And I was like, wow, some of the stories are so interesting. I should listen to what they're talking about. But back then I was very uncomfortable yet writing in English. I could speak. I mm -hmm. was pretty fluent. But building like a bunch of sentences into a story seemed like a little bit of a challenge, right? back then so I decided that I'll just make little notes mm -hmm. and at some point maybe I'll turn them into a story or something but I didn't know I would have a blog now how much of your uh, how much do you benefit by your work being a translator when it comes to picking up the dialogue of people especially when you're not staring at them oh yeah that's a good question too uh, when you um, study to be an interpreter and translator you pretty much have to develop your immediate memory to be able to interpret even if you don't look at a person you still catch their conversation and it stays in your mind that's how I still remember a lot of things and uh, talks that I heard years ago now do people ever ask you if you're listening in on their conversation like do they notice you uh most of the time no i feel like people in la are still self-involved kind of and if they like they ignore others they talk <laughs> so loud they pretend like nobody else is in there you know yeah, you or, heard people talk very uh, loud on the phone on the oh bus, sure like there is nobody else yeah. yeah and plus a lot of people just want to be heard they, yes. they open up to uh, to everybody like it's their audience. Yeah, so if you stare at them, they're only happy that you stare at them. So they don't, most likely they won't mind. Now, how yeah. much time do you wait uh, after the event uh, before you actually write it as a story? Or does it depend on whether you have a show or... Um, honestly, uh, if the story touched me a lot, if I feel strongly about it, I'll probably write about it right away. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that was just kind of mediocre or I have to build upon, if I only heard parts of a conversation and I have to add context, I usually wait a little yeah. bit. But I also have a bunch of old notes from 10 years ago that I still didn't go through. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like, oh, I haven't posted in a while. Let me pick up this old sure. set of notes and write one of the stories. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I notice, uh, with myself anyway, um, I'll tell a story when it happens in the moment. Maybe mm -hmm. something happens. I'm on my way to a show. It's fresh. I talk about it. Then, But I feel it's not a complete story yet. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I find, uh, I find the meaning in the story or, or maybe yes. a second event uh, reminds me of that first event and there's that little bond and it becomes a story. Do you ever go back and rewrite your stories? Uh, yeah, uh, it happened to me several times. Uh, like I would remember details by seeing something else. Or for example, something happens in the world that reminds me of a story. I go back, uh, take the short version, build extra context into it and repost it as a longer story. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you have a valid driver's license? Yes, I do. I actually got it when I was 30, uh, which is about 10 years ago. And honestly, I barely drove after getting it. Yeah. When was the last time you drove? About three years ago. I um, I had to go shopping and uh, I there is no way I would be able. And I think it was right pre-Uber. So okay. that was the last time I drove three years ago. Where, where did you go shopping that you needed to drive? I, I think I went to Target. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Or like a Walmart? It was like uh, so Target in path. Glendale, from home in Los Feliz to Glendale, uh, Target. Okay. And I thought, yeah, I don't think I want to carry this all this stuff on the bus. Yeah. No. I have to deal with that now. I'm living on a hill in Pasadena, and uh, that's a, uh, you know, there's no buses on the yeah. weekends. So I actually walk a couple miles down the hill 
just to get at the uh, t- to come here today. You know, walk down the hill and then uh, catch the uh, train and then a bus. And at least you get a lovely workout out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I get to see Perfect. the deer pick neighbors' uh, pomegranates off their trees. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's nice. You know, get some tread on my shoe. Um, Katya, do you have any stories that you could share with us today? A couple of tales from the bus? Oh, definitely. Uh, since we talk about translation today and different languages on the bus, I probably could share a couple uh, short anecdotes about running into my Russian people on the bus. My very first story that had to do with meeting a Russian person on the bus was kind of funny. You know how most Russians, they keep the accent, they don't pick up American accent to 100%. So when they talk, sometimes they mispronounce certain words. It even happens to me. But uh, that one day I was... Um, on 217, uh, going down Fairfax, and this Russian lady shows up, and she's like, are you going to Venice, bitch? <laughs> and uh, the driver was like, what? What did you just call me? And the lady was kind of older, so I'm like, uh-oh, I don't want her to suffer because of her mispronunciation. So I come to the driver, and they say, uh-oh, lady driver, no, 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 she didn't just call you a bitch. She meant, are you going to Venice Beach? Oh, says the driver, okay then, I was about to kick her out. <laughs> <laughs> so that got explained, that wasn't so bad. But sometimes people are actually very uncomfortable to accept, admit that they are not fluent. So they insist on talking to a driver in their bad, lang- bad English, and the driver only gets confused and angry. But when you actually offer interpretation services, they decline, and they actually even yell at you. So this one time... This Russian lady gets on the bus and um, she just tries to hand $10 to the driver. Uh-huh. And he's like, mm, I can't accept $10. Do you have change? She's like, no change. No change for me. Just this bus. <laughs> and he's like, what? Do you have 175 Do you have small bills? Do you have quarters? And she's like, what? Do I have water? No, I don't have water. So... Complete miscommunication. The driver gets angry. He's like, lady, I got to go. Do you have $2 bills at least? And she's like, I don't understand. $10 only. So she keeps waving $10 in his face. And I was like, I got to help. So I come up to her and I try to explain to her in Russian that drivers don't carry any change, right? And she gets very upset. And I say, look, let me just interpret for you or let me help you because you look very stressed. Then she looks at me and she says, I know English. I can explain myself. She says, driver, I only have $10. I give you 10 you give me 8 If not, I tell police because you're a bad man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> at this oh my point, God. I'm like, oh, my God. And the driver gets super angry. He looks like he's about to break down crying. And I start digging in my wallet to pay for her ride because that's enough, right? And the driver tells me, please, young lady, do something for fuck's sake. I I have to go. And then the lady looks at him and she says, shut your dirty mouth. And she leaves the bus. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) And that was such a long, long period of time for the poor driver to wait. It was this silly conversation was going on and on for about five minutes. She just wouldn't wouldn't give up. She's like, my English is good. I can't explain myself. Leave me alone. Driver, give me change. <laughs> like, really? She couldn't have even read the rules of taking a bus in the lane before going? If she knows English so well? Yeah. Oh. That's funny. That's a great story, Katya. And you know what? She uh, She was right. 
Partly. Oh, partly. <laughs> some, some right. In her head, she probably was right. Yeah, she can't explain herself except not very well. <laughs> yeah. In L.A., that, that actually sounds more like a New York passenger to me. Well, uh, a lot of Russian people are very outgoing. It's just, you know, not having enough language skills keeps them, you know, keeps them a bit vulnerable. But they also get upset because I'm sure they do the best effort to learn. Yeah. But especially if you're older, learning a new language is a challenge. So I think that's why they get upset. They think they're good. But when you tell them, no, you're actually not good enough, they get upset about it. That's really interesting. Now, do you ever have any conversations like when you're in Europe? I know you've toured Europe several times. And mm -hmm. when you're in Russia, do you ever like start conversations at a bus stop bench or, or um, while riding a train? Or uh, It's funny because in Russia, you're allowed to drink on the train. Wow. Yeah. It, that sounds I mean, if wonderful. You, if you behave, if you behave, then police, and if you do it semi-discreetly, yeah. not like, you know, pouring a bottle of vodka to everybody on yeah. the train, but uh, if you're nice and you behave, that's fine. So a lot of people kind of warm up after drinking, and they start asking you questions. <laughs> uh, yes, but um, on the bus, no, most people just try to get from point A to yeah. point B. But when it, sometimes there are actually people start talking when they are unhappy. Like, for example, traditionally, if an old lady gets on the bus, of course, if you apply it and you have manners, you let her sit down. Of course. But some ladies, they just break in and they don't give you a moment to even consider anything. And they just come to you and they start almost shaking you saying, why are you still sitting? I'm old. Let me sit down. <laughs> and huh. it starts a lot of trouble because other adults start saying, whoa, why are you so slow? This is an old lady. Stand up. Ooh, young people of this, um, young people of, our, of nowadays, terrible. We were so much different. We were so, more, so much more polite, blah, blah, blah. And then the poor young person just wants to leave the bus because it's just, you know, and then it too turns much. Out, and <laughs> it turns out the woman was 34. <laughs> yeah, no, she could still be old, but she could yeah. give them, like, you know, a second to even, like sometimes you have your eyes closed sometimes yeah. you're sleeping sometimes you're looking out of the window caught give up me a, a second caught up yeah. in a podcast yeah yeah <laughs> just give me a second yeah back in the days maybe reading a good book <laughs> yeah and uh, anyway i want to thank you for uh stopping in uh for our first show today uh i'm going to take this moment to actually mention katya's page once again it's called tales from the bus you can find that on Facebook. It's anecdotes from all over the world. Generally, they start in L.A., uh, but then it just kind of spreads out. And you, you'll get uh, opinions from France, from Russia, from England, uh, all over the place. And it's a really neat page filled with anecdotes and uh, poignant slices of life. So look that up, Tales from the Bus. And that, once again, is curated by my guest today, Katya Duft. Then, of course, uh, October 29th, we'll have Katya back at our regularly scheduled uh, live performance, part of our residency at Stories LA Books Cafe in Echo Park on Sunset Boulevard. That's been our home terminal uh, since the very beginning. Uh, that is on the final Sunday of every month. And then in November, uh, we're going to be a part of LA Commotion, which is the Alternative Mobility Conference. It's going to have transit leaders and innovators and inventors from all around the world and me. 
Uh, so that'll be really interesting. And Scott as Polly Shore. And uh, then uh, we're going to have two live uh, podcasts there as well as two live shows. You can find out information about that at lacommotion.com. That looks like an amazing event, though. Uh, it's going to be like Blade Runner, but without uh, without replicants or Blade Runners. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I want to thank you again. I want to thank our executive producer, Emily Sachs, for putting this together and getting my butt into a podcast chair. I want to thank Zig, our producer here. I want to thank UCB Theater. Uh, of course, our guest, Katya Duft. If you want to find out more about Busted Los Angeles, we have a website. Go to bustedlosangeles.com. We're available at Instagram, at Busted Los Angeles. We're on Twitter, at Busted LA. We're on YouTube with over 100 videos. That's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Busted Los Angeles. If you'd like to tell a story on a future show, whether it's our web show, our, our podcast, our video show, one of our live shows, you can write me, Scott Schultz, at bustedlosangeles at gmail.com. So anyway... This has been our very first show, our inaugural Busted, the big debut. Uh, Also, I want to thank Veterans of Future Wars for providing the theme music to the show. Uh, Tune in for more episodes of Busted. For those of you who get around by bus, train, bicycle, walking, rollerblading, skateboarding, be aware of your surroundings. And for those of you out there who are motorists, please respect the crosswalks. Thank you and have a wonderful week.